Welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Patrick Joseph Gallagher. I've went full, I've went full name. Um, we smile from Alan there. Uh, and I've got in front of me, um, if I was going to the, the, the Bernabeu of podcast, mm. I would uh, I'd take this team with me. Um, they're a stellar lineup, probably one of the greatest podcasts ever assembled in this country. Um, when uh, when Brendan Rogers went to the Bernabeu, he just... Took his reserve team. Took his reserve team. That's the kind of man he is. That's the type of man he is. That's yeah. the voice. That's the dulcet tones. I'll take that. No middle name. Christian Nothing Wolf. I'm going to call you Christian Nothing Wolf now. Hey. Just so you're Christian Wolf, it's a pleasure to have you Have you here. Pleasure to be back one week after. One week after. Uh, straight down, he's desperate to talk. He's got his mouth <laughs> open. Uh, it's Alan Edgar. Hello. If this is the Brendan Rodgers side at the Bernabeu, does that make Louis Stephen Gerrard since he's been benched? <laughs> you look at, you're, you're, you're delighted at that. There's going to be a lot of put-downs for Louis yeah, well, this week. Finally, we can have a bit of gravitas and a bit of balance in this uh, podcast. Jesus. Crazy frog. Hashtag Team Louis. He's got the week off. Oh, hashtag, well, hashtag Team Sermani, of course. He is my puppet master. To my right-hand side, one of the most handsome men in podcasting. He, uh, La Water Carrier. It's Chris Bowd. Hello, Chris Bowd. How are you? I'm fantastic. You're steaming as well. You've been to the booze. Yeah. <laughs> you said two pints. I'm a well known one can, Dan. <laughs> I have two cans. So <laughs> don't you don't you worry about that. Yep. I'm I'm ready to fly. Ready to fly. I believe you can fly. I am not going to go any further with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Christian and Alan do give me wings. So I'm here. Yep. I've seen you flying without wings. Westlife. Um, so, just a kind of uh, some housekeeping. Uh, if you can, if you're, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, that's terrific. If you, if you're not, if you could give us a subscribe, that would be awesome. Um, give us a wee. Um, and this is just the, the the script that Louis left out for me. Hmm. Um, just uh, give us a rating on on iTunes. That would be great. Uh, the website Ninety Minutes Cynic has been terrific. Peak, peak football was um, was sensational. Uh, yesterday, one of the the best uh, pieces of writing I think we've had in terms of entertainment um, from Graham 
White and Mackay. Um, I have to just say that to, to remind myself how to say it. Um, terrific, uh, 90 minutescinic.com. There's again every week we've got previews, we've got reviews, we've got a column, a weekly column by one of the cynics. Um, Peak Football is fantastic. Uh, check it out. And also live lunch every Friday. Uh, you good this Friday, or you've got lots of Norwegians coming to your I house? I have lots of Norwegians coming, but they're not coming before 4 pm. Okay, that's fine. So, yeah. I've, um, it's the biggest Scandinavian invasion <laughs> since the Vikings. Yes. It's going to be at least five Norwegians. Well, six if you count Christopher a year on to be the fair, Celtic Park on Saturday. So. It's the biggest uh, Scandinavian invasion since Ronnie Dyla's. Uh, oh, no, he only, he only had. Remember Ronnie? I'd rather not. Um, Ronnie Ronny would never betray you. <laughs> yeah, he bought Efron's Suarez. Yeah. Juarez. Juarez. Yeah, somebody needs to have a word with him. I know, that's. I remember how much of a Celtic man he is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Simon Ferry's uh, packing his bags as we speak. Um, yeah, so check out uh, Live Lunches every Friday. It's live from Platform at the Arches on Gale Street. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to start. We've got we're going, we've got a lot of questions to get through, um, but obviously last week, uh, myself and Christian and Louis uh, and Liam had a bit of a rant about our former manager. I'm not even going to say his name anymore because I've made my... my I get checked off my dad for swearing. Brendan uh, Ratchels. <laughs> nice. Uh, so let's just get, you know, we do have a lot to get through, but Alan, just kind of brief thoughts on it and how it, because it's been a tumultuous week um, and your thoughts. It was difficult for me, taking the Brendan perspective here, I'm thinking about myself. Um, <laughs> yep. It was very difficult. I went through a range of emotions last week. I bought in big time to yeah. Brendan. Um I don't really think until afterwards I thought about how the Brendan as a Celtic man thing, that didn't really come into it until he decided to leave. I brought in uh, Brendan the coach. Um, and for me, His it, philosophy. It was, yeah, absolutely. And really felt that what he was doing was improving the club, even the European results, and deflected away from obviously some horrendous results. Thinking that we were going to a better place, um, that better place appears to be in the Midlands, um, <laughs> which is a bit disappointing. Um, so it was, it was really difficult. I am a little bit concerned about where we go, where we go on from here, but I'm sure we'll obviously get on to that. On a professional level, I understand why he did it. On a personal level, I think he did it at the wrong time. And I think he... I don't think he would back at Celtic Park, which is really disappointing because I think he's the best coach we could have got. I don't think we'll get another coach like that. And I He hope thinks he'll be back. Yeah, I, I feel like a bit of the, the battered wife that thinks I would take him back, um, to be yeah. entirely honest. Um, I, I probably, that's just the, one of the stages of grief, potentially. Yes. Um, yeah, I was just going to say. But I absolutely would take him back. But I realise that that's not how it works. Um, and I'm very disappointed. Um, a week ago, if you would have said to me that was a situation, I would, I would be astounded. Um, and I feel foolish, to be honest. I feel foolish that I bought into <laughs> it's, it. It's okay, he's um, a football manager, for fuck's sake. Uh, I had to very quickly and very hastily um, Delete change my Facebook picture, which was a bit embarrassing. So I had to try and do that without it coming up as a notification. It can be done. Oh, it can be done. Good. Uh, nice. Just Google that. That's something Bowd needs to know about. Um, you know, Facebook is your uh, nemesis at times when you post drunken pictures, etc. <laughs> uh, Bowd, what was your kind of thoughts? Which were, I mean, how are you feeling now compared to how you were feeling last week? I'm done, mate. It's done. Um, We're not going to dwell too much on it, to be fair. So yeah. I just want your kind of yeah. It, it was, it was, it was hard. It was strange. That's what she said. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, you know, it wasn't just the coach. He was an entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. 
no, you, you said it all last week, really. Um, just, just very, just a very foolish decision from Brendan Rodgers to leave at this point in the season. I, I've been quite, quite impre- not impressed. I've quite interested in people's reaction. Um, you know, there, there's even from kind of high up, even a guy like Jose Mourinho, who you know. A lot of people don't particularly like for a number of reasons. Some very valid reasons. Yeah, some very very valid reasons. Um, but he was like, I can understand why he wanted to go to Leicester, but why now? Why not just wait to the end of the season? And I, I think when that's... Jose Mourinho makes you look like the, the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. You know you've messed up, Brendan. You know, and we know that you listen to this podcast, Brendan. <laughs> We've had it in the very high authority. We haven't had it in authority. <laughs> uh, but no, he's fucked up. He's, he's, fucked it. he's fucked he's fucked up. up. Without doing a deep dive, I, th- I think that when you mention the reaction to it, I think if you look at his pre-match press conference last week, it's very seldom did we ever see Brendan Rodgers rattled as Celtic manager. But a couple of days into the Leicester job, before he'd even taken charge of his first game, he was very uncomfortable being asked certain questions about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he enjoyed it. I think he obviously did not expect the reaction it got. Obviously, the, the banner, etc., Irrespective of that, he he was not. That he'd listen to. <laughs> he was not comfortable answering questions about it, and the idea that he didn't have control over how it was almost spun. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Like I, he'd, he'd lost the control. He'd lost his ability to control the situation, which is something he's mostly been yeah. um, in charge of since he's been up here. Um, so we move on. Uh, we'll talk about the games because there's been two really tough games that we've had in the last week and two really great victories. Um, there was a tweet on Saturday um, that Alan, I'm sorry, Alan uh, Graham was doing, our uh, White and Mackay Graham was doing our, that's his new nickname, uh, he was doing our minute by minute. And he tweeted out, this is from the, the official 90 Minutes Cynic uh, Twitter account, Celtic TV appear to be indulging a bit of propaganda, talking about how the turmoil is in fact fine and everything is calm at Celtic Park and it's only results that matter, essentially preparing the Celtic support for the upcoming cheap permanent managerial appointment of Neil Lennon. That now, went down well. It went down well. A yeah. um, couple of points. Uh, 90 Minutes Cynic is the name of the account. Alan currently ignoring a call from his mum. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Alan? I was, yeah. I, was, I was about to say it was a big transfer call. Just Unless the mother has transfer news. Get, get on. Get her get on. on. She'll listen a couple of hours. Sorry, mum, I'm busy. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, um, Graham tweeted that uh, from the official account. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> a lot of people didn't. A lot of people questioned whether we were Celtic fans. We got a lot of, Are you? you this is obviously run by a hun uh, I, 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 this is obviously a Hun account, etc., etc. Um, I want to ask you. I mean, it is a cheap option. Neil Lennon is a cheap option, if nothing else, because he was out of contract. He is literally cheaper than Brendan Rodgers. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Very the much wages, so. Right now, the wages he's being paid are, are less than Brendan Rodgers. Yes, comparatively less cheaper. So he's definitely the cheap option. Long term, is he the chief option? And we're not talking about wages, we're talking about if Neil Lennon got the job, would the board have to bow down to demands in terms of restructure of the club, the way maybe a new guy coming in? Um, Christian, your thoughts? There's so much to unpick here in, in terms, and luckily we have a podcast every week so we can unpick it until until the end of a season. Um like for me, for a general overview, there is so many points. One point is that Nilan is now the short-term Celtic manager. 
Um, there's no point having the discussion we had last week about whether no, that's we've, right. We've had it. We've we had, had it. it. It's, it's fine. And I'll, I'll happy be admit that maybe, you know, it, it could turn out that Neil Lennon is just what Celtic needed now. Um, still, you're, you're willing to make, say you've made them maybe... Oh, I never admit that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but first of all, we're very old. It's two games in. So, so but I mean, that's... Two tough games. Two very tough, game two tough games. But then the Rodgers would not have been expected to get 100% result. Exactly. Absolutely not. Because so, it's a bit of a failure when it comes to <laughs> whether it's managing, whether it's human beinging. Yeah, human beinging. Um, so short term, um, we'll find out soon enough. Um, Nilan might well have been the right choice. So that that is that discussion is almost had now. I think what... We as fans and everybody who cares about the club needs to then focus, okay, what's the best long-term for Celtic? And I think it's not a decision. There's a lot of voices in the media, um, especially well, John Hodgson saying just, Neil, you should get it now. You should get it now. And I, I don't. I think everybody at Celtic supporters, the club, just kind of needs to have a cool head just now. Uh, it's been a really emotional week. And I think... No matter how well or badly Nilan does in the short term, it doesn't. To me, it doesn't really matter in the decision of whether he should be a long-term manager or not. And that's not to say he wins everything, and that means even though he shouldn't be it, and even if something went wrong, that doesn't necessarily mean he, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. It. it just be based on those twelve games. So, I think the club needs to have a cool head. And I'm trying. I got an article in my head. I'm, I'm going to try and get down on paper where. I, I also think the whole manager thing is a little bit of a red herring. Whereas I think what the club needs now that Brendan has gone and Brendan took, but basically Brendan Rogers got carte blanche and he, he kind of built up the structure of the club. And I think he made them more professional and more modern. I think he made the club better, but the issue with letting a guy who wants to have full control, build up a club when he goes on a wet Tuesday morning without saying goodbye. Um, Human beinging. He takes all that with him. So I think, and we said on the pod last week that... We've lost not just Brendan Rodgers, but Lee Congerton. (laughs) Yes. So, as a club. We said on the pod last week that, you know, the board's day will come in terms of their reckoning. I think it should start now because for me, the board needs to look at how much money does Celtic spend and how much Celtic gets back from that. And I don't think Celtic just now is can be better structured as a club. Be that a technical director, director of football, whatever, I think you need somebody between the manager, call him a head coach or, or the manager, and Peter Lowell. And I think you need somebody who, who knows his football and who can structure the whole club and, and can focus on the long term. So no matter if it's Neil Lennon or if it's somebody else, it's almost not the most important thing for me, in, in, especially in the long term. I think there needs to be a discussion about what the board is doing and what the board is doing to, to whip Celtic into an even better shape. Alan, I got a question from you, for you um, from Martin uh, on Twitter. Um, we find ourselves with millions in the bank in terms of compensation uh, and loads of places where heads of departments should be. Would it be better to invest in top staff appointments and create a modern setup for Celtic's future or potentially appoint Lennon and give him a good uh, load of money to actually invest in the squad? The, the- the two things aren't mutually exclusive there. It's, it's a good question, um, but the two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can bring in a structure that can last five to ten years and you can also invest in the playing squad through your manager. That Those two aren't mutually exclusive. 
Um, I, I think that now the way this club is run, specifically speaking about Celtic, we need a structure that can last. If we are going to advertise ourselves as a club who can develop players and potentially coaching staff and managers and attract those managers, then we need to have a long-term plan in place. When Brendan came in, we said that we would do this. and Everybody knew, I think, realistically, that you were not having Brendan Rodgers for 10 years. Yeah. But the succession plan, granted, you know, it, it left very quickly, but he left three months before everybody probably expected him to leave. So the idea that this is a huge loss and we don't know how to cope with it is a bit of a concern for me. Um, so I, I think that you can still invest at board level and also have a technical structure in place, but also improve the first team squad. I don't think those two things are one or the other. Yeah, agreed. About, um, I'm going to bring you in this one, and this is something I've kind of just picked up on, and I'm sure it's something that a lot of people feel as well. <clears throat> I think we almost get uh, kind of accused of being, we don't go down the sort of sentimental route in a lot of ways. A lot of people want Lennon in charge, I think, um, don't get me wrong, I think a lot of people think he's the best man for the job. Fair enough. You know, people think what he's done in football, he deserves a second chance at Celtic. Fair enough. If that's your opinion, if that's what you think, great. Not Absolutely not for me, right? Um, do you think there's a, do you think it's a sentimentality that's creeping in for, you know, days gone by? Because if you look on Twitter, you'll see stuff like, obviously, Joe Ledley was recently on the like Open Goal podcast and stuff, and it's like people are like, why don't we get Joe Ledley back? Why don't we get Neil Lennon back? Why don't we get Gary Hooper back? I mean, how often I've seen, let's get Gary Hooper and Wanyama, and I'm talking about even in the last couple of years, why are we so desperate to get people back? To a period of time where we weren't consistently as successful as we have been over the last two or three years? I think you're absolutely right. There is sentimentality there, but when Neil Lennon came to us, he was a really strong midfielder in the English Premiership and we were able to buy him. Yeah. So even when we bought him, that was like a wow. We couldn't do that. Now. We couldn't go and buy one of the top midfielders in England right now. No. Um, Can you imagine if we bought Pogba? How much the fans would hate him. Oh, Jesus. He's <laughs> not on. trying. There's no effort there. God exactly. almighty. Can and you imagine him taking one of those penalties at Parkhead? <laughs> Seriously. And then Pogba was a mad Tim. That's <laughs> what yeah. Neil Lennon was as a player. Um, and then, again, as a manager, um, you know, you might not think he was the best manager we've ever had, but he did get to the last 16. He did achieve... Yeah, I, but I think people are maybe looking back on it with rose-tinted glasses. And I tell you, I, I, I don't mean... Like, his second season, when we got to the last 16 of the Champions League, that itself is a phenomenal achievement. There's absolutely no question. It was a tough group um, and fantastic. The la- the season that he left was dire. Like, it was dire. We were terrible in the Champions League. Um, the, the football we're, we were playing wasn't very good. Was that because he didn't get enough money to invest? Maybe. M- maybe. Well, I, that's I, the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's all Neil Lennon's fault. That's a bit, Neil Lennon um, had to deal with downsizing, as did Ronnie Dyler. Uh, people didn't really give Ronnie a pass for that. But Neil Lennon did have to deal with the fact we were downsizing um, with quite a rate as well. With players. Um, and the thing is, Hopefully we're not we're not gonna downsize massively going season to season now. I think we might. I think I think we're gonna see a change in 
I think part, my, the biggest fear I have is the board have now said, right, batten down the hatches because we're probably not going to do as well as we have done. So, so it, and that's and, and at this point they, ha- they shouldn't do that. At this point, they should but, say, right, we need to twist here. And that's why I think, like the whole manager debate is is, is quite a nice distraction for the board yeah. because yeah. they'll go I, one way and one set of fans <clears throat> be happy they'll go the other way and another set of fans be happy I think, but I, I think the most important thing is it's almost it's not irrelevant to who's the manager but even if it's if, if it's Lennon if, if it's a Steve Cl- even if it's a David Moyes if Ugh, I know, but if if the club at the same time goes saying look as Alan says we actually Celtic is it's compared to the the clubs that were in the Europa League knockouts page, um, stages now. I mean, Celtic was the top half in terms of how much money they're spending, but they're not getting the value back from that. And why is that? And I think that is to do with there's nobody there do with, you th- with, with you know that, that looks at the long term. And Lowell yeah. could be that, but he doesn't have the footballing brain to do it. I think so. I, if, even if there's a manager I wouldn't pr- be particularly happy with, at least if I saw some signs that, okay, Celtic's going to change the structure, they'll bring in another guy in between, call him a director of football, call him whatever, and he'd be allowed to shape the club. I'll be going, you know, that's actually more important right now than just who's in charge of the first team. I, I don't disagree with that, but you still are then left with the position of you need the right man in to do that. You yeah. get a man no, shaping it can't the just be the club for the next five or ten years. You have years. to find the right guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the the idea that you back a manager—that's a phrase that you hear in Scotland yeah. continually. You back a manager. He he was backed. He was not backed. Um, Rogers could have maybe signed another two or three players. I don't think there's any question about that. I think there's big. He names. signed a lot of draws to be fair. Yeah, I and think I, he, we're he not going to do revisionist history, but he for, didn't. For me, it's always it's always that above or below two million. Anything below two million, it must be a different sign off because you can buy anybody under two million. <laughs> above two million you need to go to your boss and ask them to sign the yes. check because that is exactly how it works. Anything over that is questioned. Anything under two million, cut blanche. <laughs> the, the the thing for me is this back a manager idea. I think this is where I, it's important to get the right manager in. That manager then has to work within a structure that he yeah. knows in two or three years or the club knows that he might not be working under, so you need to be buying a certain type of player, regardless of not so much the style of the player, but the age of the player, what his selling value is. And that's things that are really, whether we like it or not, that's things that are really important to the club. Actually, to probably to the contrary of what we were saying, the idea that we might kind of batten down hatches and downsize, if anything, I think the club might realise, okay, there's actually money to be made. Yeah. So outside of the Champions League, so obviously if they make the Champions League, that's huge money. Yeah. But actually, if we bring in players and we can make selling from them, also if we get the fans behind us, so we need someone in that A, players will buy into, but also fans will buy into. Doesn't need to be a Celtic man. I cannot emphasise that enough. <laughs> um, Celtic media team, please don't tweet saying how Damien Duff is a... Celtic man and how he's always been a Celtic fan. We really don't need that right now. Yeah, um, we need you know, clear heads. Do you know what I mean? We uh, need we need to respect that. But we can make money whilst also being a successful club. Those two things aren't. And, and what you're saying is, you need somebody at the club to be able to make those long term decisions in terms of the squad makeup, what kind of players you do, the whole scouting system, who you bring in, and it shouldn't be the manager. I mean, and British football is still kind of kicking and screaming against this idea of a continental model where it just makes 
perfect logical okay, sense let me, to have look, it. You need a long-term could, could, football guy could in Could Lennon still be part of the structure? Yeah. So the question from Tatiheed, um, could Lennon play the role of coach if Celtic changed club structure to director of football? Is he as good enough as a coach? Well, that, I, that's a separate discussion. But yeah, he, I think anybody who's willing to work within that structure is what Celtic need. Should, think, for me, it should be the first question. What? If you have an interview of the new manager saying, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to restructure the club. This guy's going to look out for squad makeup, transfer policy. He's going to do the scouting network. He's going to get the best analyst in. He's going to get the best stat guys in. Um, you know, But it, it builds up a professional structure. And you see to the head coach, you have to be willing to work within that. And I think I think Nealon might actually be be willing to do that. I don't know if he would. I think I, 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 well, if that's the if that's the structure he, he's given, but that should be the first question of any manager. Yeah. Thinking about this from a, a, a player perspective, so say a talented player, um, a player that we would describe as having a, a good football and IQ, that classic phrase. Callum McGregor, he goes into training Monday of last week, and he is playing in a certain structure. He's playing in the exact same way. And he believes wholeheartedly in the way he's doing it, and he has flourished to a degree that I think probably a lot of Celtic fans would be a surprised at, and b now he is probably arguably one of the most important players in the team. I hold my hand up and say, yeah, I didn't have the, the faith in him. He comes in on Tuesday, and but let's say not Tuesday, let's say maybe Thursday actually after the Hearts game when because he is a as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that that also. I've been flushed out as oh, a Celtic fan. Um, what what you've then got as a player who has gone from playing, it is not about player control and about how you can as a player influence the game. It's about how the team does it. You have then come into a manager who, and it's not a reflection on Neil Lennon. But a manager who says it is about you winning your battles, it's about you not getting beat one-on-one. -on -one. And actually, you've went from having this whole team structure as to how the system will win the game and how I will make sure that you are in a position to win to the responsibilities now entirely with the players by them being, throw in any phrase you like, up for it, um, ready on the day. So those players have now, overnight... It's changed entirely from I will put you in a position to win the game if you believe in me to now you've got to go out and win this game. And that, for some players, some players will be able to deal with that. Thrive on it, yeah. Some players though, I don't think, yeah. I think we'll now be thinking, well actually, I'm playing at the, arguably the, one of the highest levels in the game, you know, top 64 teams in Europe or whatever, and I've got a manager who's telling me to go out and win my individual battle against a fullback. And, and again, that comes back to the discussion about short term and long term. Yeah. That might be, might short term might be, yeah short term that might be what needs to get Celtic over the line to get the treble yeah. treble I think it's definitely not what Celtic needs long term so I think if the the discussion about is Neil Lennon should he be a long term manager the question is is he a good enough coach over a two three year period to have to develop that team and make players like Cal McGregor get even better uh, if we are talking about sorry about if we are talking about beating every other team in Scotland, yeah. the way to do that is to not only have better players than them, which we do at the moment, but is also to be off the park, be better prepared physically, psychologically. Now, I don't mean to sound like Brendan Rodgers, but you really do <laughs> yeah. need to go into that game knowing if this happens, we are prepared for it. If they do this, we are prepared for it. Instead of saying to the players, now, I don't mean to reference Cy Ferry, but if you listen to the podcast with Joel Edley, yes. he does talk about the team talk as non-existent. It is, 
I think he tells a story about he reads out the 11 and Gary Parker then comes in and tells guys where they're playing because there's confusion over who's playing left back, who's playing centre midfield. Now, that's that's fine. We've got better players. You can go and handle that. And then they go and I think win the game one nothing. If I'm a Celtic fan, I'm going to the game at half past one. I'm walking down to Celtic Park. I'm having a discussion with my mate about how I think we can beat a team. I really, really hope that at Lennox Town on Thursday, Friday, that is being discussed exhaustively. And I hope there's guys sitting up to two, three in the morning thinking about how Motherwell are going to yeah. set up, how we're going and to be that. I do not want us going on a Saturday morning thinking I'm going to give them 15 minutes, rah, 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 and tell them to go and win the game. I'm not up for that and at I all. And I think in terms of Brendan Rodgers, to give him his credit, he he was that kind of person. He exactly. was that immersive person. And he got guys in who, who did sit up and talk to 2, 3 a.m. in the morning about these things. And But the problem with giving all that power to the manager is that when he goes, and you, as you say, when you get a different yeah. type of manager, you leave a different style. You leave a hole. That's, I'm going to repeat myself the whole thing, but that's why you need to get somebody who actually sits and thinks about the football and the structure long term. Yeah, I think that's one of the interesting kind of things from post-match uh, analysis and, and, and conversations with Neil Lennon is he talked about how uh, during the Hearts game, um, and I think during the Hibs game as well, how he talked about how he made changes in personnel, but how John Kennedy tweaked it tactically. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, you know, there's been a lot of heat on John Kennedy since he was put in charge. Uh, bafflingly to me, I don't think, you know, people, as we talked about before we started recording, people talking about how he should be in charge of, you know, he's a defensive coach. Well, there's no such thing as a defensive coach in football. Um, and how the def- we're conceding goals, so it's it must be John Kennedy's fault. That That's not how it works. People don't like John Kennedy. However, there's a small kind of... Change, I've noticed, especially over social stays. Yeah, that I that would that's be that's a big part of it. You know, we, um, at the beginning, I talked about sentimentality and how a lot of Celtic fans just want a good Celtic man and and stuff like that, and how that's not the whole picture. But part of the picture is, I think loyalty is a good thing. Um, I think the fact that if someone wants to be here, um, I think Celtic fans can tell. I think it's something that they're quite good at sniffing out someone who doesn't want to be here. Mm, um, no, really, no. With the exception, of, <laughs> yeah. There's at least one person in this day who's it's not really good at history. That. We can. Uh, uh, what do you think about John Kennedy? About the idea of Kennedy, maybe. I, I'd, I mean, you would be. I mean, you wouldn't be happy with him being the manager next season, though, would you? It's far too early for that. It would be a shock. I think the fact he's assistant now gives him time. Who's to say? It, it would be. What I would say on that point of the manager next season, though, um, well, two points, actually. Christian said, um, giving credit to Brendan Rodgers. There'll be no credit given to <laughs> Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> Ever. The second point... Is um, that what you were interjecting with earlier? That was... I was <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, but the other, the other thing I think people need to think about is not right now. L- Lennon's came in. The, the, the board have acted quickly. That's great. We've got someone in. Um, we're going to win eight in a row. Fantastic. But it's done. Eight rows, <laughs> it's not even a question. Are you sure that he had two pints? He sure it wasn't three. <laughs> but uh, I, p- people should take a step back. Roll back to before Rendon. Uh, Rendon? <laughs> Four pints. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before back. Ratten um, stabbed us in the back, take a step back. Who would you have, uh, assuming he, Brendan was going in the summer, who would you have wanted to be manager? I don't think a huge number of people would have said Neil Lennon. Maybe they would have 
but I think people need to take a step Cricket back circumstance and, think, and who would have been your manager? I, I think that's the right way to frame the question. Yeah. Who, providing Brendan did stay until the summer, who at that point would be the manager? Because this, the, the, the nature of it meant that actually we had to act quickly and you know what, Lennon was there, available. I mean, if, if, if Neil Lennon... So that, that's fine, that's done. So that's I, the way to frame the question. Yeah. In the summer, who would you like to take Celtic forward? And I think that's the way we need to talk about it. Because too many times people are asked and they say, I don't want Lennon. It's like, well, who else would you have got last week? And it's like, you know, yeah. I respect Because we're, we're ultimately, now people are saying, well, if he wins the treble, you give him it. And if he only wins the league, maybe you don't. <laughs> we're basing it in three games then. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's utterly I mean, the, the, the thing is with, with uh, the, the, the Lennon thing, if Lennon had, see if Lennon, if everything was kind of going semi-decent at Hibs and Lennon had signed a four-year deal with Hibs in the summer, um, and this is why I said, he, this is why it was kind of mentioned that he was a cheap option, Celtic aren't going to try and get Neil Lennon out of a four-year deal from Hibs. No. So from that point of view, he's not your number one target. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, Jamie at Jamie67 uh, tweets in and says Chris, uh, Christian and Gal openly uh, don't want Len permanently um, we've made that clear who would you guys like to see get it so Alan and when Boud come, Boud's away for a pee who, 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 <laughs> it's, um, all those pints. it's all those pints <laughs> uh, because and here's a, just to uh, put in Beach Boy 67 uh, I've just been reading about uh, Rennie Maric and uh, Marco Ross mm. he thinks one of them should be first choice for the job I think the the idea, the latter there, is this year's Slavin Bilic. Everybody wants him. I don't think it will happen. I think he will go to the Bundesliga. I know he had a Celtic scarf around yeah. his neck at one point, which is great. Yeah. Um, we've kind of been down that road of guys, you know. Again, you know, Celtic media team, take note. Please do not advertise <laughs> guys as Celtic fans. We do not need that. Um, I think he'll go to the Bundesliga, so I don't think that will happen. I don't think there's a standout candidate. I think everybody... Mm. Um, I don't think there's someone jumping out this year. Um, I don't think there is someone available at this time who people will go for, which I realise is not the uh, answer yeah, it's not the everybody's answer. looking for. But I think what the board need to do now is, is go through, and I know this sounds really dull, people are not going to like it, they need to go through a proper process. Yes. They need to interview, yes. they need to have people come in and pitch their ideas. And do you know what? We've got three months, four months to do it. So this is the time to do it. Lennon's going to hopefully take us to a treble and to be honest going back to a point that was kind of earlier if there was someone who can take us to that this year I would love nothing more than Neil Lennon but from June onwards he's not the person that I want us to to, to take us forward into potentially 9, 10, 11, 12 and then stop Rangers for 55 as I think you guys mentioned last week Yeah, you know it goes from one thing to another and then it just, and it's just a fucking albatross around our neck every fucking year and exactly. that's why you know that, that, that's, that's the pressure of being the kind of top dog in the league but I think what we need to do is, is interview guys, have guys come in, pitch, say this is what I want to do. And they need to be from the outset aware of the framework, what we can do, what we can't do, and what the budget is, etc. I think I think that's it. Can I just but, make this point? I think the biggest thing is Celtic are the biggest football club in the country. They're one of the biggest football clubs on this island. Um, the, as, as Christian says, they're in the top half of making uh, money and compared to the Europa League teams. Um, a lot of people were saying after you know that tweet, like the, the, the tweet that Graham made. A lot of people were saying, "Why waste time interviewing? We know Lenny should get it. What's the point of interviewing? We're going to give it to Lenny. What's the point? This is a, a multi. This is a huge club. This is a huge company. Of course, you need to do your due diligence. For, for, I'm for glad a... you mentioned company because it's all about the balance sheet. <laughs> That's the main. Forget yeah, 10 in a row. Forget 55. 
What's the profit hotels? margin looking like? 55 hotels, that's what I want. Yep, exactly. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Belt. I have no idea what I'm going to say now. That completely put me off. Um, no, uh-huh. yes, into your process. Um, I think for a fan base that quite rightly says that Celtic is one of the biggest clubs in the world, well, then treat the process of choosing a manager for this very big and very prestigious job in the right manner, as Alan says, in terms of there would be hundreds of coaches everywhere that would love to coach Celtic. So I don't think if the board has the network, do they? Does Lovell have all the contacts to you know bring in the right guys in and interview them and ask the right questions? Um, I, I think Brendan Rodgers was the best manager Celtic could have, but it wasn't like you had to go out and discover him. He came and said, yeah, he was free and he was the best one. This is where the board really needs to earn their really good wage. They, they needs to start now. And you know, look, if it's a full interview process and the board think Neil Lennon should be the next manager, you know, at least they've done that process. But I think that there is, you need to keep a cool head and you need to take your time. I'm going to circle back to as, as well. It is a slight red herring. I rather the board focused on actually the restructure of the club, and if that meant giving it to Neil Lennon for a year or two, I wouldn't be hugely in favor. But at least then there's something happening in the long term as well. Yeah, oh. there's a few points in there. See if you go to a manager and you say you're a preferred candidate for this job we want you to tell us why we should give you that job and someone can't come back and give you two hours worth of a talk going through each player on the side, talking about the weaknesses and the strengths of the team, what he can do, and then developing a, say, a five-day coaching plan as to what he would do. Anybody that's done an A-licence can develop a five-day coaching plan. Yeah. We are looking for someone to say how he can develop these players at a top level. That is not a lot to ask when you're going to offer someone, I don't know, potentially a million pounds a year, 1.5 million pounds a year, whatever it may be. That is not a lot to ask. Going back to the point I made about connections at board level, um, this is a point I've kind of thought about. (laughs) There's a name that has really not been mentioned a lot, which I never thought I would say as a Celtic manager. Um, It's not my personal choice, but I think it's a name that I would be surprised over the next two, three months if it didn't. Um, Roy Keane was discussed at a high level um, previously Celtic manager he's now spent an apprenticeship about five years under Mark O'Neill, a previous successful Celtic manager I would be astounded if Roy Keane is not spoken to about this job at some point whether you like it or not and it's not Disaster. Absolutely. If anyone's going to fuck up 10 in a row it's Roy Keane I, I, I would not be surprised if they looked at that and said, and spoke to Martin O'Neill, and then discussed the possibility. Of How long is their Keane. deal at Forest? Is it just to the end of the season, or is well, it? He's assistant manager. I don't think yeah. to bring him out of uh, a compensation package wouldn't be an issue. I, I, I would be surprised if that name isn't mentioned, and I'm actually been surprised that it hasn't been be mentioned, mentioned up to point. I had a yeah. quick look at the kind of runners and riders before coming in, and he wasn't anywhere near yeah, about thanks it. Thanks for starting that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the thing is, our squad is is too small, and we need that Roy Keane figure <laughs> to come in. <laughs> And expand it. Roy Keane versus Neil Lennon for Celtic manager. Well, Neil, Neil Sky Lennon Sports all the fucking like way. It. Sky Sports would like it because yeah. they could promo the, 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 
the eight games a, a year that they show. Brian, um, Brian Hamill uh, tweets in and asks, he, he actually asks about uh, Scott Bain, but we'll try and touch on that when we talk about the, the games, if we get to talk about the games, because um, we're on a good flow here. Um, he asks, if uh, do the cynics view Jack Ross as a viable contender for a permanent manager position or not? Now, I'll give my view first. Uh, I looked at some of the stats. I think actually Keith, I think it was Keith or, or uh, Martin in the, the Night Minute Cynic uh, WhatsApp kind of highlighted that. Um, you know, they're, they're third. I think they are they're in League One. They're third. They have had... They being Sunderland. They, sorry, yeah, I apologise. They've been Sunderland. Uh, they've had almost as many draws as they've had wins. Um, it's a basket case club, so to put any sort of to take a club that's been relegated from the Premier League to the Championship to then in League One, it's going to take a lot of restructuring. And so we can maybe look at it and say, well, he's got them stable, which I think is a very important thing. Um, he's got a, a, one of the biggest budgets in the league. Um, so what he's done at Sunderland, I don't necessarily know if I, you can look at that and make a decision one way or the other. What he's done previously, I mean, Brendan just spoke about how impressed he was with them. Um Again, does that help or hinder the case? I know, I know that I know this guy. I know this guy absolutely. He's the worst Jack Rat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, because I, I, he was a manager at Alloa and he did very well there. Um, obviously, then the manager in, of, of St. Mirren and, and he did very well there. I don't know. I don't think he's done enough again to take. I don't think he's enough to take a gamble on. Because I do think it would be a huge gamble because of his lack of experience. I, I probably agree with you. I think he's done well. Um, I think any anyone we go for is going to be a gamble of some sort. Yeah, not, that's true. But a gamble with a guy who's never won anything. And, and a lot of this, I think, comes back to to the fact is, does he have the... He won the sorry, he won the, the Scottish Championship, I should say. But I think you come back to saying... You kind of come back saying, can he handle the whole thing about being Celtic man? Does he have the gravitas? Does he have... Because look, the, the, look what it did to Ronnie Dyla, right? Well, Ron, I love, Ron, I love Ronnie, Ronnie Dyla, but he, good he crumbled. He crumbled under the pressure. And let's not kid on he didn't, because he did. Now, Ronnie Dyla is a good football manager who won us a lot of things, and he's part of that legacy. But he even admitted that himself, the pressure got to him. And he was successful in Norway. And, and I think Ronnie's a good example because... <laughs> well, well, I mean, he, he, he took Valerenga to, to, to a league was, title. It was just a nice Trump's little tag on, and he was successful in Norway. <laughs> so Just like Oligan but I think what you touch upon is saying you, you think about Jack Ross and you think, oh, does it does he have the stature? Does he have, have does he have the name? And I think that kind of comes back to what a Celtic manager is expected to be. He's expected to be the flagship okay, yeah. of the club, that, and he's supposed point. to be like the manager. He's supposed to be the scouting. He's supposed to this. I again, I'd rather have a head coach now. I'd I rather think. have somebody who's there, a step above him, who has the long term vision, but can also kind of take up a lot of the other stuff so you can bring in a coach that's really good at coaching he's really good tackle at tackle better he's really Score good at man <laughs> and he's really run good at man run. management yeah. I'd rather have a really really good coaching than a manager again this comes down to the, the, the point of um, does it matter who the manager is at this point if the structure doesn't change yeah no exactly you can build you can bring in the Best, co- I mean, it wouldn't hurt bringing in a really good coach, <laughs> but I, I think in terms Until of the structure changes, well, you had the best coach forward. you could have in in terms of on the, on the pitch. So, I, I there's something there that's not right with the structure because again, and we said this before, I think Celtic is spending the right amount of money; they're just not spending in the right way. If you were talking about bringing in a, a coach who could, you know, prepare the players, I think Jack Ross from the kind of 
if you reputation wise, if you subscribe to that school of thought and you follow um, how coaches prepare teams and how they take sessions on a day by day basis, and he is very much that type of manager, then he is absolutely a, a great candidate. It then does come on to that next part. Can he walk into a dressing room and tell Scott Brown to subscribe to his way of football mm. and that this will make us a better side? And that that's not a thing against Scott Brown. I think it's more as a, as a squad. I think he would need some sort of legitimacy behind him, which yeah. if he was just to come straight in without that structure, he wouldn't. Which was... Which was one of Ronnie's main issues. Yeah, I, exactly. I think, yeah. and, and I, that's I think why I, until we get that, so let's take that aside for a moment. If we don't don't get that in place over the next six months, which uh, I don't think we will. No, um, I, I, I don't think we've got that long term thing. I think we are thinking who can we bring in that will make sure we get to ten in a row and then take it from there. Um, I think we need to bring in a manager who can do everything. He can do a bit of everything, which is a problem yeah. because, quite simply, these guys are really hard to come by getting a good training room um, or, or a good someone who can prepare a team hmm. and also handle the media and also handle the boardroom Do you know what I know people think that it's just setting up a team and it's not pick the first, it really isn't it's a, it's a really fucking hard job and getting these guys is hard um, and when you do get them you need to make sure that they have enough behind them and that then means bringing in coaching staff fitness coaches sports scientists and that's a lot Especially if someone does potentially have an eye on thinking, I will go there for two years yeah. and then do that. And that's why... It's like you said, it can't be the manager making those decisions. It no, needs to be somebody not. else, but I'd, they probably won't do it. Um, so to go back to the question, unfortunately for, for Jack Ross, it's, it, it's a no. Um, it's a flat no, actually, for me. I Off the wall, I say we go to George Weir. We say, how's the presidency <laughs> going? Because if we get George on board... Timo is a he's a definite. So essentially, to get a get a player to sign a contract <laughs> with us permanently, you go to the president of Liberia. Yes, and you say, "Do you want to be the manager or director of football, or the Whichever. president of the football department?" There we are, <laughs> Foot, that. football operations. Um, how many games has we started? Just that that's what I was just going to say. Um, two, two. I want to say. Yeah, we seems to be kind of Roy of the Rovers super sub Ollie. There we go. He's a super sub. Timo, Timo Weir will be our manager wow. down the line and be very good. Do you, think, do you think he could uh, get his dad to come out of retirement to be on the pitch? I would play George Weir. <laughs> I know you would. Um, I've got a. It wasn't That's a question. I should be manager. That, that came in. But just out of curiosity, um, reaction in terms of when Brendan did leave. What did we think the reaction from each player would be in terms of your high-level players? Because there's been a lot of different reports of what happened, how that day unfolded. Brendan wasn't there in person, but did send a representative. So, so, you know, know, the the rumour going round about Tierney telling his representative to, you know, suck it. I love it, but that just sounds so made up. It's unbelievable. (laughs) I I mean, I don't... To me, it's not... I don't think Tierney would... Would, would do that. Yeah, I, I guess what we know is Tierney's Celtic through and through. Yeah, but I don't. So. I don't. Like, I think he's professional enough to just be like, I don't. Like, I don't. Like he'd tell me fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Like the way it was reported. Um, I hope he did <laughs> at the same time. But I, I think again, that's a, to me, that's another massive black black spot on Brendan Rodgers' character. Character. This is how we work. <laughs> Um, Two and a half it, years, still didn't nail that accent. I know. <laughs> I didn't I know. quite get there. But see, like, just him not speaking to the squad and saying, yeah. or even coming back up 
Yeah, he's been phoning them. Apparently, James Forrest said. Hi, that's a bit. That's it's, you, a bit tappy tap. Say it face to face. You know. Tappy tap tap. Scott Brown did very well to come out and say, "Look, he was terrific for us. He was the manager. We move on. It's thing." I thought Scott Brown handled it very, very well. Um, no one else has really said anything. There's not been any no. pictures on Instagram or Twitter saying Contrast. thank you for my time and you've helped me to develop or anything. And I'm not saying that, that that's the world. It, Had it been the end of the season, it would have been very different. Oh, yes. you, you would have players almost fallen over themselves to Wishing go there and then actually go with. Whereas I think now, I, I, I do think players would, I don't think players would throw, reject the opportunity because... You're talking pounds and pence, and you're talking about career development, and there's no question that he brought players on. But I do think that a lot of the the manner in which it happened, yeah. especially when he puts so much emphasis on the the mind and the the manner in which you carry yourself, to then show your hand a little bit, I think that's the concern. I, I think it mirrors what the fans felt in terms of if it'd gone in the summer, as we said, it would have been mostly best wishes. But I think the players probably feel maybe not as strong enough, but probably much to a large degree that you said all these things. You know, you you were this great man manager. You you, you told us these things, and then you just bugger off down to Leicester <laughs> on a Monday you without saying goodbye. Criticised Dembele for leaving at the wrong time. Yeah, and, and it's and it's probably things like that with Dembele and Boyata where. Some players would have said one thing, and the manager would have said another, and they were like, "Ah, oh, Brendan's probably right." They're probably just re. Playing all those things in their mangoes. In terms yeah. of the, the, the time scale for a player to find out in a very similar time scale to a, a season ticket holder is astounding. That yeah. is there is no way in I, which that that must be difficult for a player to swallow, I think. Th- there would have been probably fans who knew this before the players which is if ab- they got up early enough. Yeah. Which, which is yeah. horrendous. And, and I think as a player that would be difficult to do. Now, if you then say to me, I'm really sorry about that, I will bring you down to the Premier League and give you five times the money that you're getting in Celtic. And do you know what? I can deal with that. Yeah. However, I think that only works for a certain core. Um, and I, I, there, there are only probably three or four players. I really do think, that can see, see, for example, someone like Kieran Tierney, I think he's probably burned his bridges with Kieran Tierney because I think Kieran Tierney, firstly, will have better offers. But we, we were discussing this before and I think me and Bowd had agreed that of all the players you can come for, I think Tierney is probably the one that he won't as, get. as Leicester probably can't get. Yeah. Um, but Callum it, McGregor, it, so if, if Callum McGregor has the opportunity to join Leicester and if Callum McGregor goes, I will be devastated. However, I'll understand it. And yeah. again, it comes down to there's only so much we can offer um, in regards wages. There's only so much we can offer in, in regards to the opposition you come up against. Now, obviously, if we're in Europe, it's a different thing. We're realistic. The difference is, though, you win trophies here. You become a, you're an absolute hero here. Um, you can you can develop here. Um, what's Cal McGregor's biggest biggest uh, something? The thing that he wants to kind of shoot for most at this point is probably a, bit, a better song. That that's definitely one. But, it, but it's probably be a, to stay in the Scotland squad because he's done everything with Celtic at this point. Probably one to be Celtic captain and two to be the number ten for Scotland, and he can do that here. Well, now, if he if he wants lots of more money and he goes to Leicester, I won't hold it against him. I won't begrudge him of that. But Leicester have sacked the last three managers. They've sacked. They've sacked them after a run of six games without a win. So you know, Brendan Rodgers, as someone tweeted earlier, has five games to save his job already. Yes, hoping he doesn't. And then, then but the did you like? Back in. Did you like how Dembele um, merked? Um, Brendan Rogers by on Twitter he merked them I don't know what that means remember it's the real Ferdinand thing I thought you would have found that funny mm. you know what merked is yeah I'm too old 
Yep. I'm older than you, you tit. <laughs> um, just, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we could keep going, but we're not going to because we need to kind of quickly talk about the, the yep. Hearts and the Hibs games. That was supposed to be an opening 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, it really was. Uh, so, the Hearts game, uh, Bowdy, your thoughts on the Hearts game uh, midweek, the day of the, 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 the day after Brendan Rodgers has left, um, and also the fact that Brendan Rodgers, um, we later found out, wanted to take pretty much every one of his sta- every member of the staff with him. So, essentially, Celtic would be going to Tincastle with nobody. Um, to turn it around and to put in a good performance. It wasn't great, but it was enough. Um, how did you react? And how did you react to the Edward goal? Well, that was the, that was the thing. It was a it was a tough match, but it was worth it just for that moment of relief and joy. When uh, yeah, it was a bit football again. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, I think the players put in a tremendous performance, considering the. The situation, as you say, um, circumstance. The circumstances. Uh, we Forest with a great goal. Was it? Um, was it Burke that played the ball through to him? Yeah. Uh, and then Burke's pass was sublime. Um, how he just kind of hits it with the side of his foot. Yeah. Absolutely sublime. Absolutely. And then oh, the boy Brown with the ball for <laughs> for Eddie. Really, it's Scott Brown's goal. If we're honest. Yeah, that's uh, four in three weeks. So that's his, uh, that was a stud. Um, uh, yeah, well, it was just, it was a, a moment of utter joy that, that Eddie got Yeah, and I think it just brought us back to just the football. How did you take it, Alan? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was emotional. Um, I watched it down in um, Newcastle, the Tyneside number one CSE. Yeah, I've met myself and Bowd have been there. Go um, on yourself, lads. Yeah, good lads there. Um, it was a free hit. It really was. You c- it's one of those odd games that analysis really bears no meaning because yeah, Lennon, I don't think he had a training session on a Wednesday. Um, so there wouldn't have been any plan. It would have been John Kennedy that obviously took it. So I think the Hibs game is more interesting as a fan in terms of trying to break down the performance and what we can expect. But in terms of the commitment level of emotion, I think he's seen a lot of that. And to go and win away at Tynecastle... Um, especially given the manner of it, granted we gave away a really poor goal, but to win in the last minute, I think was one that the emotional release at the end of that game was, was you, sometimes you just can't make up with Scottish football, really. Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, Brian Hamill have been saves against Valencia and Hearts convinced that the Galatron that he does have what it takes to become a good shot stopper as Craigie G was. He um, wasn't fault for the penalty. This is the, this is the only criticism I'll have um, with Bain because he's been excellent. Um, he's sometimes a little too almost lackadaisical with his his pat. He's, he's great with the ball at his feet. There's no question, but sometimes he almost doesn't. He holds the ball too long, and I don't know if that's part of how he's I been trained and, how, and how, what he's supposed to do. Because I'm I'm uh, in terms of I'm he's a bit of a novice for that. But he is also he's had a few tough situations to deal with because the players are relying on them more. They're, they're making back passes that they wouldn't have made Normally to Gordon. Gordon. And I think they've just realised Bain can actually deal with the ball, so we'll just give him it when we're in trouble and then he's having to deal with it. But yeah, the penalty didn't do great with, but I think Bain overall has been fantastic. Since well, maybe if I didn't go down his... Uh, I think we discussed this on Friday. Also, oh, we did, yeah. And I always... <laughs> no, it's I, I don't think Ayer could have done really any better with it. I, no, and I he th- got the ball... So no, he, he, he could have stayed on his feet. No, but I, I th- and it would have been a goal again. <laughs> this comes back to what um, what we want as as football fans. We talk about, and I include myself in this. You talk about how you want these young, you want a team of young professionals who are going to learn and develop, and then when they make mistakes, you 
question them when you want them out of the team. Ayers has been excellent and he's made some mistakes, but he seems to be learning from them. Um, Bain's your number one, Alan, would you say? At this moment in time, I don't think there's a great deal between Bain and Craig Gordon. I think the benefit of Bain being able to distribute the ball outweighs what you probably get a little bit more from with Gordon. Also, there's an age issue. Uh, I would like to see bringing a goalkeeper in the summer, though. That's yeah. not against Scott Bain. I just... You need two good goalkeepers. You need two good goalkeepers and having excellent ability with the ball at your feet is fantastic and I think it's really important to the way we did play. I think that's going to become a lot less important over the next two or three months. Um, uh, Christian, your kind of thoughts on as as Alan says about the Hibs game was more of a, a way of seeing how maybe Celtic will play with the next yeah, ten games. I, I think even the Hibs game, I think is is way too early because even with that, if we only you know they probably would have had an off game on Thursday, maybe a light session on Friday, and I think that just it was still just three four days after Redden Rogers left. So I think I think Celtic pretty much got through last week on on, on fumes uh, and just adrenaline and and, and energy and it. In a way, didn't you know? You can't really tell too much from those games. I think in terms of how Leonard would would like it to be. There's maybe a couple of clues in terms of bringing Lustig in, um, which I, even I was surprised at. Yeah, and and playing maybe Edward and Burke up front instead of maybe Ewan Henderson. But it's also, I mean, it, it, he's he's had no time, and and the, the team themselves would have been their heads probably would have been spinning still. So I think it'll be really interesting come Saturday because it's a full week there full week for, for Neil Lennon and John Kennedy to have them on the training field and, and what kind of and you might maybe even get a couple of guys back in contention for coming back from injury so it'll be really interesting on Saturday to see what kind of setup, especially against an Aberdeen team who's you know still one of the best teams in the country and they should have beat Rangers on Sunday yeah they and should have beat Rangers I know the record of Celtic Park aren't great but I think also Derek McGuinness go you know, um, you know, Brendan Rodgers had his number a time and time and time again, and hopefully Celtic still has that knowledge within their team and the squad and, and how to beat them. Um, but yeah, so so I'll think that'll be a real interesting test, and it'll also be a real interesting. You know, we can, I think then we can start maybe start analysing what Lennon wants to do with this team. Yeah, I would say that there, there wasn't anything in terms of if you were to see the way the team set up, there wouldn't have been any significant difference from the way they'd set up in the last two or three weeks. The one thing that I did notice, um, and I think maybe a, a, a few people would have probably seen the same thing, player reactions to certain things, to certain triggers in the game. There was a moment where Tierney had the ball down left and Sinclair came inside and the pass was, the, the, the lane was blocked off. Mm. Now, that's happened numerous times under Rogers. It happens, you need to go back and you feed the ball across and you start again. Tierney's reaction was frustration and he looked across to the side where normally you would get a reassuring part of, you know, don't worry, keep doing the same thing and again and it will work. It's not about how that pass works out, it's about how that team sets up against that pass and that's going to change because I don't think if the crowd are on their back, you know, we've all been in these home games at Parkhead where maybe it's 75 minutes and it's nil-nil and the crowd and we continually play the same way um, so I do think there was a slight difference and that will translate very, very quickly to the players. They have had it drilled in for two and a half years that you play Keep a certain way, way. You, and you ignore the crowd reaction and I think that will change and, and I, I think that will be that will be interesting to see how that works out. You lose, for me, you lose that technical advantage over other sides. And, and here Good for point. me is... Good point, Al. You know, we were talking about 
John Kenley, this is probably where he needs to step up because mm-hmm. he's been in that under Brendan Rodgers for two and a half years. He knows. He should know what kind of changes should be made, how to set him up. And he needs to step forward and be that, at least for now, that, I was going to say technical support, tactical support, and, you know, maybe give the the players those kind of answers. So, as we said, if, if he wants to be Celtic manager one day, this is, you know, these 12 games, he should really have a big influence on, especially in terms of how Celtic play. Bowed, uh, Scottish Cup draw. Um, Aberdeen or Rangers the replay for that game is next week at Ibrox uh, a question from Stephen Russell just to kind of finish us out is Lennon past uh, is Lennon's past record at Hamden with us going to be an issue or will the squad be good enough and obviously maybe they're used to winning there a little bit more do you think that comes into it yeah I think I think it will I mean <clears throat> the, the media will certainly a, play it up yeah it's a, it's a natural concern Lennon's record but as you say, I think this group of players are used to going to Hamden and winning. Um, it's ultimately, I think, will be good enough uh, to beat whoever it is. I feel it will be Rangers because they're now going to Ibrox. Um, Range- Aberdeen have already beaten them this, this season at, at Ibrox. Yeah. Um, Scott McKenna. Um, Scott McKenna. That's... Uh, he scored the winner. Yeah, all right. Okay, I just thought you meant <laughs> Scott McKenna. <laughs> Scott Rangers McKenna. aren't beating Scott McKenna. <laughs> Seven million pound centre-back, don't you know? Forty-five billion pounds. Uh, I actually thought he played really well on Sunday. I think he's a really good player. I, I think he maybe doesn't have the attributes that people want in a modern centre back. And I'm not saying we should sign him, but I do. I do like him. I think he's good. But I no, I think uh, it will be that draw. Whichever team it is, at Hamden will be tough. But you, you can't be over. It's not some sort of Lennon Hamden jinx. No, um, Scott McKenna would be a perfect Martin O'Neill centre back. Uh, okay, that's our that's our hour. We're at our hour. We've hit our time. Um, we will be myself and Christian, and most likely Ian Dugan will be talking Aberdeen preview um, at the Cynic Live Lunch on Friday from midday. So tune in. There. In fact, see before we go, um, we've had a few questions and we've had some discussions in the, in our WhatsApp group as well. Sinclair. Oh yes. Scott Sinclair. Um, we'll start with Alan because we don't necessarily know your opinion on Sinclair because you've not been on a lot this season. Uh, thoughts on Sinclair and his um, contract running down with Celtic with it, the option of another year. What do you do? I think if you're Peter Lawwell, you want to have Scott Sinclair say stay. Sorry, I think the issue is is that Celtic won't have him staying on the same package that they offer at the moment. And I think that will be there will be a discussion to be had there. Um, I would love Sinclair, I think, in terms of ability. He is by far and away our best holder of the ball in terms of a winger. You want a winger that does not give the ball away. Um, it, I, I think he's phenomenal at it and the way he's brought Forrest on is exceptional as well. And he still gets so much to give, goals, everything. I realise he's frustrating at times. Wingers that don't constantly run at fullbacks will occasionally have to turn back, though. Um, I don't think Celtic would be willing to keep him, though, on the same package that they have at the moment, and that's probably why there's a, a slight delay. But I think they would like to keep him. Would it be better in a more structured Lennon sort of maybe system where it is more rigid? No. Okay. I, I don't think... So the question is, Lennon plays under a rigid system defensively, but what he wants from attacking players is for them to go and beat their man and make something happen. Yeah. Scott Sinclair wants to trust and know exactly what he should be doing, and sometimes that involves not trying to put it through someone's legs and beat them and fire it across goal. He's not that type of player. 
Lennon's going to be attracted more to a Tom Rogic type, someone who can make something happen. That is, you'll hear that in the dressing room. Go and make make a name for yourself, that kind of thing. These are all things that under Rogers really weren't there. It's now going from the team to now being don't lose a goal and make something happen. But how you do that is entirely up to the players now. And that, for me, is a slight area of concern. Um, but let's hope not moving forward. Let's hope come next season we've got something else. We're just going to wrap it up at this point because we can talk. <sighs> on, we can talk on Friday, Christian. Okay, he's got a hot take. He's got oh. his. He's got tons of hot takes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so check us out. Ninetyminutescynic.com is the website. You can catch all of our details and all of our links on Twitter at ninetyminutescynic. Christian, and all of our work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a suit! Did they? Did we see the suit? Yeah, we did. Um, I'm trying to wrap the show up, guys. <laughs> Sorry. What a suit. Uh, Christian Wolf, pleasure as always, and it's a delight to have to cut you off, I'll be honest. Fine. <laughs> Absolutely raging looking. Be nice. Be say thank you. Well done. Or something. <laughs> thank you know. for cutting me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, Christian, thank you for having me on your podcast. It's not my podcast. It's the people's podcast. We'll speak to you uh, on Friday. Friday, um, yes. Via the live lunch. If the Norwegians are there already, I'll, I'll just bring them. There's, there's 10 of them. Oof, Love it. I like so. the sounds of that. Um, Alan, Alan, it's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. You're going to be available more on Tuesdays. Are you part I of the roster? See in 12 months' time. 12 months' time. <laughs> lovely stuff. Uh, Bowdy, uh, are you going to go and top yourself up in the boozer after this? Uh, oh, fine. Or oh, just, you know, off to the. Uh, do, you need, do you need a lift <laughs> home? There. Do you need a lift home? Because I, I can drive you home. If well, that. Con- true concern. I, just looking at the state of you, I don't want to be responsible. Are you, you walking all the Christian, way? Can you, I, I, I'm asking you, can you take him home? I'm going to take him home. That'd be terrific. As long as you do don't throw home. up in my car. Chris, you know? Chris Bowd uh, being driven with his own personal driver. <laughs> terrific. Uh, I'm Chris Gallagher. We're the 90 Minutes Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road.
Our player was no saint. So let's go wait.